Brandon Brands. Hey, this is Kelly Roach from Kelly Roach International. And if you want to build a brand that matters, you should be listening to the Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend, Brandon Barkmeyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change. How do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey everyone, welcome to the Brands on Brands on Brands podcast with Brandon Berkmeyer. That's me, your personal marketing coach. I believe that building brands that matter is the only way for a business to thrive tomorrow. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. This week, we have Kelly Roach coming on the show. She's known as the Business Catalyst, helping elite business owners become game changers in their field and achieve million dollar plus breakthroughs in their business. She's got a lot of experience in the coaching world. She runs a podcast. She helps Fortune 500 companies. She came from that world after being an NFL cheerleader, which we'll talk about uh, in her journey, and also hosts a podcast called Unstoppable Success Radio, as well as has written some books. So we'll get into all that today, but just hope that you guys get the information you guys need in terms of breaking through, changing some of those mindsets, and maybe potentially looking into hiring a coach for the first time. Kelly's a great example of a coach that works with entrepreneurs to get them to change the way they think about business and have those breakthroughs they need to go from just running their business to really expanding and growing those leaps and bounds that you need to really make it work. So I'm excited about what you guys are going to hear today. Thanks for tuning in and let's get going. Brandon Brands. All right, everyone, let's get going here. Today, as I mentioned, excited to bring to you Kelly Roach. Kelly, first off, and before anything else, thank you for being here. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for using today to get to know each other. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to have a fun conversation today. Me too. And you know, what I, what triggered me in terms of really wanting to bring you on was because, you know, we, you never, like you, I meet a lot of people in a random different ways. Uh, yours happened to be online via email through just connections. And one of the things that spoke to me was you coach businesses, you coach people, you coach entrepreneurs, you've worked at fortune 500 companies to help turn them around. And you've done a lot of things but I really like the idea that you work with people to help them figure out, you know, what they need to do in their business to move forward. And as someone right now, who's like looking to also grow and I've invested in coaches and like, I'm looking at different ways to do that for my business. I've seen the value. I've seen the idea that you get someone to help you unlock something. So you don't have to like learn it over the course of two or three years making mistakes. You learn from the people that either can help you unlock something in your brain or the way you're thinking about things or just give you new perspectives. So I love that you do that, but how did you get into that? Like where, what brought you to, to this being a part of what you do every day? Yeah, definitely. Well, I was doing business growth strategy and sales leadership and coaching and training in a Fortune 500 firm before I started my own business. And I was super, super passionate about helping people build the confidence to market themselves effectively and set big goals and and ultimately accomplish their career dreams, make more money, you know, all of that through their work. And when I decided to start my own company, I really just looked at What's my zone of genius? And I knew my zone of genius was business growth strategy and helping others to succeed. And so, you know, I said, who can I focus on 
that is really motivated, but yet if they don't get this help, you know, it, it would be really detrimental to their ability to achieve their goals. And it was small business owners, right? Because small business owners start with a big goal, big passion, big dreams, all of that, but many times are not equipped with the skill set in sales, marketing, leadership, business growth strategy needed to actually bring the desired, you know, outcome to fruition with the actions that they're taking. So it was just really kind of a natural step into that next evolution. Yeah, exactly. And what, what I, I listened to some of your stuff. For those of you that, that haven't found her, she, Kelly Roach Coaching.com for any of her, her actual materials, but she has a, a podcast and I love podcasters because we, we kind of get to, to go back and forth on some of this stuff. Uh, your podcast is Unlimited Success Radio. Did I get that? Or, uh, Unstoppable. 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 Yep. I was just listening to the, the episode about pivoting a little bit oh, yes. and reinventing. And I think that speaks to a lot of entrepreneurs or people that are in their careers that are looking to, to make a shift, make a change. And, you know, like there's a lot of fear that comes with that. There's a lot of uh, anxiety, but what do you, how do you, if you had to give some advice to people that are thinking about it or just are figuring out what that next change should be, what are some of the, the things that you'd like to talk about in that regard? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing, you know, listen, I, I have three coaches that I work with on an ongoing business, uh, you know, on an ongoing basis to grow my business. And to me, you know, getting outside help is the fastest, most efficient way. Like if you're stuck in a certain income bracket or you're stuck in a certain plateau with your business for any period of time, there's something you're not seeing, right? There's something that you either don't know, you don't understand, or you're just not even aware of. And that's what having for me, that outside resources, it's someone shining a light and saying, okay, you, you are here. You said you want to be here. Here's what I'm seeing as gaps that are preventing you from getting there right now. And here's how you can close those gaps. And to me, that's like invaluable because of the amount of t- time and money that it saves. I think a lot of people think of coaching as a luxury, but it's really what you spend in coaching. And I have had to have this conversation with my husband so many times over the years when he sees the investments I'm making in my own business. He's like, you are a crazy person. I'm like, I am a crazy person that wants to make a lot of money and I know how to make an investment and get a return that's more than if I put the money in the stock market, I'm going to bet on myself. And so I would say, you know, if you've been stuck or you are stuck or you're just thinking about getting started, I always share the first thing that I did in my business was I joined a full year coaching program the year before I decided to start my business. And I did that because I didn't want to sit around and try and make it up and figure it all out and you know go through all that stuff. I wanted to have a roadmap from someone that was already running a multi-million dollar company to help me get there quickly. Are there some common themes you tend to... So you work with a lot of people now, right? So yeah. are there some common themes that tend to be where you start where it's, it's, it's like over and over again, it tends to be the first, few, like this, the first thing you need to get through because... I imagine there's some themes that re- recur with you. Yeah. I mean, tenacity in sales and marketing is, is definitely the number one thing that keeps entrepreneurs from achieving you know, their financial and business growth goals. You know, We think we're doing all the things, but we're not doing all the things, right? Um, I always say, if you open up your calendar and you show like where your time spent, you can always have a very clear understanding of where, what your income is going to be. And I think for most people that get into entrepreneurship, they feel very busy and they are very busy and they're doing a lot, but they're doing a lot of things that aren't going to move their business forward. And so I think the biggest thing is really understanding the difference between productive and non-productive 
tasks. I call them profit-producing and non-profit-producing tasks and really shifting that 80%, just the 80-20 rule that we all know and understand, You know, putting that 80% into things that actually matter and are going to move you and the business forward. Well, what speaks to me on that too is that we talk a lot about marketing and branding on, on the show. And the, one of the things I keep talking to people, depending on where they're at in their business, is sometimes the biggest distraction in terms of not being tenacious enough is social media. It's a very you know, important tool in a lot of businesses, but it also can be one of the biggest detriments, I think, to especially a business that's starting out. Have you come across that with, with companies that you're, you're talking to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that people, um, they, most businesses are more a part of the noise problem on social media than they are making money from it. A lot of what I teach is making money with social media and live streaming specifically. I teach the live launch method so that people can, you know, build and grow scalable programs with, you know, using live streaming as the catalyst for that. But I think people think that people that are building and running successful businesses that make a lot of money on social media are on social media 24 hours a day. I'm almost never on social media. I batch my content, my team takes it, they push it out. I have my one live stream a week. And you know, my time is spent running the company, managing my staff, doing visionary work, creating content, you know, all of that stuff. And I, I think it's really under, important to understand that if you're a business owner, that time on social media you better be in front of a camera, in front of a microphone, right? Like sending a private message to someone, you know, there's no time for scrolling if you actually want that to convert into a viable income stream for you. Totally agree. And I, you know, you have a, a bit of a, an interesting background, um, but I'd like to hear a little bit about like you before you were the coach, you, you know, back when that, that got, took you down this road a little bit before you became and built all these things, what was, you know, young, young uh, Kelly like? Yeah, well, I was always extremely tenacious because I got no as an answer to so many things growing up. Um, you know, I came from a family, you know, we had five kids. My dad worked for a nonprofit. My mom was, of course, home with five kids. Um, so there was like not a lot to go around. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening have, have had those family experiences. But I was one of those kids who I got no a lot, but I did not accept it very easily. Um, and so I found a way, right? And so even from a super young age, I was like the gatekeeper at the pool. I was the mother's helper. I was babysitting. I was doing all these odd jobs. And as I got older, even I was cleaning the dance studio to pay for my lessons and you know, all kinds of crazy stuff, but I never had anything handed to me. And I think that's the best thing that ever happened to me because, you know, when you have that muscle of work ethic and determination, you know, anything's possible because you have the ability to discipline yourself to work at a goal over a period of time until you accomplish it. And, and where did that take you? I mean, were you, I imagine you had a lot of roads, like a lot of some people, I'm an oddball that was on a very narrow path because I'm not really a risk taker, but I imagine you you went down a few different roads, and I know one of them took you to, to the NFL uh, as a cheerleader. And then tell us how that all kind of worked together. Where did that come from, and how did that all connect to where? Yeah, you're it kind of connects to what I was just sharing. So basically, when it came time to go to school, I got into a ton of different colleges and universities, but I knew I was going to be running basically almost a hundred percent on loans, and you know aid and that kind of thing. So I went to the school where I was going to be in the least amount of debt coming out because I didn't want to be in debt coming out of school, obviously. And they didn't have a division one cheerleading team. They didn't have a division one dance team. I had been used to competing at a really high level in both. And so I either had a choice to take like a pretty big step backwards and be just kind of, uh, 
uh, frustrated and disappointed or taking a big step forwards and saying, you know what, I'm going to go to the NFL. So um, I started at, you know, Westchester University first year in, I went, I auditioned to become an Eagles cheerleader. I became the youngest girl on the team. I kept competing, you know, at a high level for dance while I did that. And, you know, it was, it was amazing. And it was such a great experience. It taught me how to be on camera. I mean, it taught me the discipline of 14 hour days, right? Because those game days were incredibly long. Our rehearsals were incredibly long. But more importantly, it taught me to like bet on myself and trust myself and to not be afraid to go for what I really wanted. I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of girls that auditioned. It was a grueling six-week process. They selected 32 of us. And I didn't find out until later, but a lot of those girls had auditioned for three, four, five years before they made the team. So it was a pretty incredible experience. And I went right from there into the Fortune 500 that I started with. I was the first one in, the last one out every single day. I was promoted seven times in eight years. I went from being an outside salesperson to then being a sales manager and and then basically went from having one team member, my very first person that I hired, you know, on to building a team of a hundred people and managing 17 locations around the US. And, you know, I always say, and I think it's so, so important, you know, I see people in the entrepreneurial world all the time, like, you know, bashing corporate and, you know, saying like all these negative things about their past. I think it's really important to recognize that you can't get to go where you're going without having been like where you were. For me, I'm extremely thankful for my Fortune 500 training because that's how I became really exceptional at the fundamentals of business growth and in managing millions and millions of dollars and equipping me with the skills to be able to run multi-million dollar companies of my own now. So I feel really lucky to have had that experience. But I did have that experience not knowing that I would ultimately become an entrepreneur. I thought my big goal was to get promoted and move up through corporate. And then as I did that, I recognized that I couldn't accomplish the things that mattered to me personally, freedom and fulfillment and you know, family and all of those other things in that environment. And so that's when I kind of took responsibility for myself and said, all right, let's, let's create it. Right. If it's not here, let's, let's create it. Was there, was there a trigger at some point where you're like, I now need to go do something for me? Like where did that come from? Uh, There were a lot of things, you know, I, I don't think it was one thing. I think it was many things. And more than anything, I think it was just the recognition that I would not be able to achieve my highest potential and purpose there. You know, things like taking care of my health and wellness, you know, obviously I have a huge fitness background and you're so busy and you're so burnt. It's really hard to do that. You know, now being an entrepreneur, I work out with a personal trainer three times a week. I do mindset work every week. I'm working with my coaches and, you know, you, you have the opportunity to, choose to make those things, you know, a priority in your life. So. Yeah, I would say, cause after 17 years in corporate myself, like the, the first thing that I was the freedom to invest in myself, whether it was, you know, going to the gym a little more often, meeting new people, going to conferences or events or taking classes, whatever the thing was just the, like my mind was open to doing these things. I wasn't exhausted from just having to focus on my job, you know, not just in the 40, 50 hours you work during the week, but also outside of that and figuring out like, what do I need to do tomorrow? And how do I get ahead of my career? And I'd say that was just, if I could tell anyone like the, the me from 10 years ago, it's, you know, don't ignore investing in yourself beyond your career. 
You know, I think that's, you know, when you can hire someone like you or like even look into some of the content and the things that you create, uh, you start to kind of explore, expand your, your horizons a little bit because you're, I think, your most important asset. I'm glad that it's, I'm glad that you found this path because I think a lot of people can learn from you and where you've been. I know that you have some, some strategies to, to be, you know, unstoppable. <laughs> that, uh, and what would you, what would you say that, you know, sort of the entrepreneurs out there, the people that are maybe looking to be that, uh, how does one become unstoppable in their work and their life? Yeah, well, I think connecting with purpose and recognizing that there's like a one and I think it's like four trillion chance of us even being here is a good start, right? I think we forget that, right? There's there's so many miracles around us that are happening without our participation or without our contribution all day, every day. But, you know, there's there's a purpose for being here, right? And And you were given the dreams that you were given because you were intended to achieve them. And that does not mean that it will be easy. And that does not mean that you will not get sideswiped and fall down and have some bumps and bruises along the way and have obstacles come up that stand in your way and all of that. But I think really connecting with the fact that you are here for a purpose, the goals and dreams that you have were given to you for a reason. It's your job to you know develop that unstoppable mindset to become the person that you're meant to be to fulfill your purpose for being here is huge. And I think it's just, you know, taking total ownership for your life. I mean, the second that you claim, I read Think and Grow Rich probably 15, maybe 20 years ago now. I reread it every single year. Um, I get every employee to read it. And, you know, I think the second that you take total ownership for your life, the second that you can accomplish all of your goals and dreams. Because when you don't place the blame or place responsibility on anyone other than yourself for accomplishing what matters to you, anything's possible because you're not putting your power in someone else's hands. Yeah. And that's, I, that book uh, comes up a lot, especially when you start we're getting into like the coaching of the world. It's everyone's like, if you start with your mind and you figure, change the way you think about things and you project and you manifest the things that you want in life, you start to change your habits a little bit and you know, you're working towards that. It really is mindset before mechanics. And that's one of the biggest things that I see with my clients. I have the strategies. I teach very tactical, layered strategies to build multi-million dollar companies. But what I find is I can teach two people the exact same thing strategically or tactically. And one has the mindset and one doesn't. And as you can guess, one gets the results and one doesn't. So, I mean, that's why so many people in the coaching space are bringing it back to mindset first, because even if you have all the strategy in the world, if the mindset isn't there, you're not going to follow through. You're not going to follow through. So you start there. Then, then you need to learn the strategy, right? You have to develop the skills. And my big thing was, you know, entrepreneurs, most of them are not great marketers. They're not great at selling. And what's really cool about that is that those are learnable skills, right? This isn't like putting a man on the moon, you know, like you can learn how to sell and you can learn how to become a marketer to whatever degree you choose. If you're just willing to do the work and willing to learn and invest in yourself, which is awesome. Endless possibility. Yeah, exactly. And I do want to get some of those specific tips on, on being a better seller. Uh, especially with the the world of online and social. Before I dive into that, what I'd like to know a little bit more about is you had to build a bit of a reputation to be able to sell something in this. You know, they call it personal branding now, but you know, essentially, it's your reputation and in people respecting what you do and that you have that that background. How did you go about developing that? You know, you the business of you that people started to trust. 
Yeah, uh, just serving, you know, showing up. The day that I started my business, I started putting out weekly content, um, daily tips on Facebook and a weekly newsletter where I'd write an article about something related to growing your business. And, you know, my whole, my MO since the day I started my business was, you know, if you show up for people, they'll show up for you. And so if you want to build a successful online brand, you have to be really, really focused on serving at a high level, creating meaningful content that's going to change people's lives. It's going to help them see before they make that investment in you that you're the person, you're the one, right? Because there is no barrier to entry buying online. There is zero barrier to entry. Anyone can click and set up a new Facebook page and they're in business in 30 seconds. So it's like, what you're doing every single day in your business to show up for your market really, really matters. And that will ultimately be the differentiator. Right. So you absolutely created some content. So your perspective was out there in the world, started serving customers first uh, so that you have that experience and and that, that trust one by one. Was there anything in terms of, I like the content piece of it. it, That's always an interesting piece for me. Was there any piece of that that started to work better than others? Everyone's platforms are different. You got to choose, I think, the channel that works good for you. For me, I've tried the writing. I've tried, you know, different things, but like podcasting seemed to speak to me. Was there anything that really started to work for you at the beginning? As soon as I started doing consistent video, that's when I really started to get a lot of traction because, you know, when when someone's buying online, they want to see you, feel you, touch you, hear you believe you. And it's really hard to do that when you're just kind of an article behind a blog post, right? And so I would say anyone listening that really wants to accelerate what they're doing, amp up the amount of video that you're doing, you know, do a weekly live stream that you run like a show where you promote it and you have a topic each week and you get on camera and you really serve and you add value for people because then when you come back and you make an offer to them, they're going to be like, yeah, you know what? I've been listening to your stuff every single week. You deliver awful, awesome value. You're serving, you're making a difference. I believe you. I trust you. You know what? I will invest with you. And it's like, Everything has changed and nothing has changed, right? Everything has changed and nothing has changed. Yeah, then the mediums might change, but it's still, you know, video, audio, written, and wherever they end up living. It's, uh, we have a few places where we can, we can put our thoughts into the world. Yeah. Uh, what I would love to hear is some of your thoughts specifically around, you know, how did you start to crack the code on being better at selling using some of these tools, using social media? You know, what was it? Was it a certain technology? Was it a certain approach? Like, what was it? What are some of the tips if they can implement these things? Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things when I was, you know, in the like low startup through like low multiple six figures that we focused on a lot was really promoting our free consultation. And we, I mean, we sold that. I mean, we were posting about it. We were emailing people about it. We were boosting posts on Facebook about it. Um, I was doing videos about it and getting people to apply for those free consultations was where, you know, those first like multiple six figures of growth came from. So, you know, that was step one. And it's like, you know, creating content, creating videos, emailing your list, posting, showing up consistently, um, building your audience, all of that, and then inviting them to take that next step and really talking about what they're going to get out of it. So that's number one. And you know, it's running a consultation just like you would a traditional sales meeting. It's like opening up, building rapport, doing the discovery, asking the questions, really getting in there with them, understanding what their situation is, understanding their wants and needs, their buying triggers, you know, and then letting them lead and transition the, com- the conversation into like, hey, how can you help me accomplish all these goals that we just talked about? 
once we got up, you know, in the high multiple six figures and into the millions, that's when we really transitioned and, and we're focused on our one to many selling, which is what I use live streaming for with the live launch method. So with the live launch method, all we do is we basically get rid of all of those technological barriers that you learn in webinars and the PLF formula and sideways sales letter and all of that stuff. We push everything to the side. And we basically take people through a four-part training series. It's all on live camera. You have two-way interaction. Um, you get to engage with your audience, serve them. We do it in a private Facebook group. So it's really highly interactive. And then you transition you know, into making an offer. And people love it because they actually can converse and, and have a two-way interaction and get to spend time with you in a meaningful way. They feel served. Um, they have the time that they need to build that sense of trust. And then your offer is in front of them enough and frequently enough, you know, to get them to actually make a buying decision. And did that work right away for you? Because I think people think that they'll just run one for the first time and suddenly, you know, gold starts shooting out of the computer. Like, yeah, how did that, yeah. how did that really work for you? No, we fail at everything, usually multiple times before we win. And the whole reason that we started doing that was because we were putting so much time and energy into launches and we just weren't getting the results. And that's when I was like, all right, get rid of the landing pages, get rid of the slide deck, get rid of the videos being edited, get rid of all of these other things that are draining our energy and our money and our attention. And like, let's just spend time interacting with our people and I don't even remember the first time we did the live launch. So I couldn't tell you, like, I don't, I don't know what our results were the first time, but I can tell you it came out of frustration of the other way, not working. So whatever, whatever way we get to it, it's exactly the point that you're getting to. And we, we test things all the time and fail. And, you know, that's why I believe we're so successful because you know, we never put ourselves in a position where something's going to make us or break us, but we're always testing things to try and see what's around the corner. What does the next evolution of this need to look like? Yeah. You know, if, cause I have a lot of clients or people that I've worked with and I'm talking to that, you know, tell me they're, they have, you know, maybe they've gotten to the pace where they have a core set of customers, but you know, it might be 20 people, 30 people on a monthly basis or something like that, that they're working with under a hundred, let's call it sub hundred in terms of a group of people trying to crack the code on, you know, exchanging time for money, being that, that person that's serving one person at a time and transitioning those, you know, 30 customers or whatever, those hundred into people that are more recurring and that you can serve at scale. I, you know, I love that there's these tools now to do that. If you had to give some tips on how to transition out of time for money to, you know, helping serve a broader audience. Yeah. Usually the first step is you have to substantially raise your rates for your one-to-one because you can't create the space to pull back enough from the one-to-one to create what you need to with the one-to-many unless you're willing to substantially reduce your income until you do that. And most people are undercharging anyway. So step one is increase your rates on your one-to-one and cut down the number of one-to-one clients that you're serving substantially, but retain that same income level by increasing the price point. That then frees up the space for you to be able to focus on the one-to-many. Then in order to go into the one-to-many, you have to develop a launch mechanism, right? And so the launch mechanism could be a webinar, it could be the PLF, it could be a sideways sales letter, it could be the live launch method, whatever it is that you choose. 
but you have to develop mastery of some type of mechanism where you are able to bring people in, in multiples to your business and to do it with, you know, sending them to a sales page or a checkout page versus a one-to-one conversation. And you can even have a middle step where you're selling one-to-many and you're bringing in a group of people, but you're selling them from the launch into consultations initially. And then once you get the hang of it and things are working, then you can send them directly to the page. But what I find is most people will do one or two or three uh, launches of any kind. And then they're like, ah, this isn't working. I'm exhausted, you know, whatever. And they quit. And, you know, it, it, it's 10,000 hours to master anything. And so you can't think that you're going to do something a couple times and be making millions of dollars from it just doesn't work that way. So I think it's having, it's setting your expectations going in and making your commitment to yourself going in of how long and how hard you're willing to go in order to get to where you want to be. And what I think is interesting is you were able to build a bit of a community around, around yourself, around your business, around your brand. I think that that's important for a lot of companies to figure out is how to, to nurture, you know, A, create content, but B, how to nurture this sense of community. How has that been important in your business and how did you do that? How did you go and nurture and create that community for those people? Yeah. Well, I was like the biggest, most resistant person you will ever meet to starting a Facebook group because I had four paid Facebook groups from my programs I was running. And so the last thing that I wanted to do was to have another Facebook group. And I knew like in my gut, I knew I needed to do it because I knew that community piece was lacking, but I just didn't want to. Um, But when I finally did it, I mean, it unlocked a ridiculous amount of growth for us. And I wish I had done it so, so much sooner. And I mean, there's plenty of people that run Facebook groups that they're never going to make any money from because they don't invest in them. They're not present. They're not active. But when we do something, we really do it. I have a really robust team. They do a great job. So when we did it, when we opened the Tribe of Unstoppables, I mean, we really committed. Like We went all in. Like Most people that are in the group are in the chat with someone on my team. They're posting. They're engaging. They're watching live streams. So we, we really went all in on it. But I think building a Facebook group right now, as we do this interview today, is the, the best way to really start building community. And it's definitely a very high payoff activity. How do you keep people engaged in your community so that they don't just sign up and leave? What keeps them coming back for more? It's the same thing. It's the same thing that we talked about earlier, which is you have to commit. Like if you show up for them, they will show up for you. So literally when you start this group, it's about, like I said, having that once a week live stream that you promote and you get people to engage in and that you're really, you are there to serve them, which I don't think, I think many people have a very extraction oriented mindset. It's like, if I do this, I want to get that. Versus saying, I'm going to do this no matter what, because it's going to build my brand. It's going to build my relationship with my audience. And as I'm doing that, I'm going to work to also close the sales, get the results, blah, blah, blah. But that's a very different mindset, right? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate those tips. I do, you know, as we come towards the back end of this, this call, I do want to ask the question I ask all my guests, which is, do you believe for you, branding or selling is more important long-term and why? Oh, definitely branding. Yeah. And when I say branding, I don't mean like graphics or logos. I mean, branding as in what do we stand for? Who are we in the market? What are we known for? What is the reputation that precedes us? Because then you have the opportunity to pivot and to create offshoots and to build anything that you want to build into the future. And, you know, when you have a great brand, you know, the the selling almost becomes secondary. So awesome. And 
what brands are you obsessed with right now? You and your personal life, not your business tools or any of that stuff. You, what are you obsessed with in your life right now? Oh my gosh. I'm the worst person to ask because I'm so not a shopper. I don't even know what to say. I love, I got the new Apple earbuds. I'm loving them because I can walk while I'm on all of my calls. The Diva ring light, I love. Um, But I don't have a lot of like personal brands that I'm really that into, to be honest. That's fair. I get it. Simple girl. Simple girl. (laughs) Uh, And where can people find you? If, if let's, we talked about it a little bit, but where's, where are you most active? Where's, where can people find some more information? Definitely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I would say join the tribe of unstoppables, which is my private Facebook group because I'm there. I'm live every single week. My team is in there. You can see us modeling some of the stuff we talked about in today's show and you can steal those strategies and use them for your own business, which is great. Or check out unstoppable success radio. All right, guys, you heard it here first. If you need to kind of step up your game, if you need some coaching or you just want to join a tribe of other entrepreneurs out there, check out what Kelly's offering. And I appreciate you coming on today. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is great. Of course. Thanks for stopping by. And uh, thanks for everyone for listening and have a great week. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.